welcome back. Week two of season two of the seventh rotation podcast. I'm so stoked to be here. We are at the foot of the mountain, pun intended, um, ready to to summit the dang thing. So the, the conference play is here. We're, we're starting the season, the conference season um, tonight. So let's do it. We get to watch all of the games on the Summit League Network through Midco Sports Plus. Incredible opportunity. Please take advantage of it. Midco's top tier. And it's going to be pretty cool to be able to watch teams that you might not normally um, have been able to watch or might not in the past have been able to watch. So I'm excited to watch all of the games, as many games as I can. Um, We're going to function like normal this week. We'll run through the end of the non-con from last weekend, um, have an interview, and then after that, run through what's coming up and what this weekend is going to look like and what we've got for you. So let's start with the end of the non-con. I'm going to do these in order of where the teams stand in the league right now. So obviously conference play has not started yet, um, but there is still a pretty clear division between the top and the bottom of the conference right now. So starting with who is sitting in number one, and that is Kansas City. Kansas City is nine and three. I raved about them last week. Very few rants, mostly raves. Um, notable losses, Chicago State I think they lost that one, one to three. I don't know how to feel about that one. I like when I saw it, that game was not available for streaming. So unfortunately couldn't watch it. So I had to just go back and look through the box score. First set, not so great after that, a lot better. I do. I think one of those sets went into extra points. Um, I thought Chicago state was beatable, but they have, I mean, they do have some common opponents with some other Summit League programs. So just a notable loss, not a good loss or a bad loss. I'm not going to put a label on it, just a notable loss. Um, Also, I'm doing something now, like, you know how you might say, like, oh, they had a big win. Here's a big almost. Um, Southeast Missouri, as well as St. Louis, both five-set losses for Kansas City. We'll hopefully get to chat about those a little bit later when we have Coach Posey um, on the podcast. So, yeah, notable losses, Chicago State, big almost, SEMO and St. Louis, and big win, Missouri State um, out of the Valley, 3-2 win for Kansas City there, and we talked about that last week. So, in second place right now, um, heading into the conference part of the schedule is North Dakota State. North Dakota State is 8-3. and three. Their notable losses, Ohio, that's debatable. Ohio did take Dayton to five sets. Dayton is now a ranked team. I don't think Dayton was ranked when Ohio took them to five sets. Um, but there's that. I Looking at the rest of Ohio's schedule, probably could have been a win for North Dakota State. But that's okay. They're still doing okay. Uh, big wins, Butler and Toledo. Toledo's got a great volleyball team, so I'd consider that a big win. And third, South Dakota is six and five. So already you're seeing the drop off nine and three, eight and three, six and five. Granted, before the Yote fans come screaming with pitchforks at me, tough schedule. I understand. And I have that noted here. So, yes, six and five, but all of your losses were either power five, losses to a power five school, or you played a five set match. So, back off. (laughs) I am noting that. Um, 
big win, Green Bay and South Florida, big almost was that five set loss to Drake. Absolute heartbreaker. Obviously wish it would have gone the other way, but just a great battle on both sides. In fourth, this might surprise you just a tad wee bit, is St. Thomas. St. Thomas is four and seven. Notable loss, Lindenwood. Lindenwood's played some common opponents with um, other, other Summit League schools. Lindenwood dropped the UIC match, Illinois-Chicago, um, in three sets. I think one of those might have gone into extra points. But St. Thomas took Illinois-Chicago to five sets, and Illinois-Chicago is a very good team. So I just think that that Lindenwood loss probably should have been a win for St. Thomas, but that's okay. Big wins that St. Thomas does have, um, Cal Baptist, and then their big almost, Illinois-Chicago, that five-set loss. Who's in fifth? North Dakota, three and nine. Notable losses, Northern Illinois. Should have been a win. Um, big win, five sets over Montana. Absolute, absolute big win for North Dakota there. Who is in sixth? Oral Roberts is in sixth. And actually, I guess technically a tie for sixth because ORU and South Dakota State are both two and ten. ORU's big win came over UC Riverside. That's another common opponent with the summit league um some other schools in the league have played at uc riverside south dakota state two and ten big win alcorn state out of the two wins that they have the other being over winthrop alcorn state was their most commanding win um so that's why i'm just noting it as a big win and then in eighth du is one and seven denver's big win idaho state is their only win they're big almost. They had a great battle at Colorado last weekend. They won the first set. It was looking really good. Kind of fell apart a little bit, um, but they certainly put up a fight. So I don't know if you heard that. That was my dog. Normally I'm recording like after I get home from class um, and my husband's home because he gets off work at like 2.30. But today I'm recording at like 9 a.m. <laughs> and so I'm home and he's not and the dog is in my office. So she's just chilling on the futon um, with her little lamb toy and my blanket, and she's all cozy. So if you hear any <laughs> random, like, whines or squeals or ear flaps, that is Miss Sadie Kay, queen of the castle. Um, all right, let's move on. Omaha is in last right now. They're 1-9. and nine. Their only win over Bradley. Their big almost, Wichita State and Northern Colorado, would have been really nice for them to grab that win over Northern Colorado. As I mentioned last week, Northern Colorado's in the big sky. Um, they won the big sky last year, so that would have been just kind of a little record booster for Omaha had they been able to grab that. Um, but that's okay. So if we look at the preseason poll for the summit, USC was picked to finish first. And granted, we've talked about the tough schedule, some of the kind of roster changes and rotation changes that they have going on. I'm not necessarily concerned. Um, but they did not finish atop the non-con. Kansas City did. Kansas City was picked, I don't know, seventh. I'm not sure. Let me find the preseason poll. It's early. I'm tired. I apologize. I've been up doing homework since 6 a.m. So you should be super duper proud of me. 
Okay. Um, yeah, Kansas City was picked to finish seventh, and they are currently atop the league. USD was picked to finish first. They're currently in third. The Bison picked to finish second. They're in second. Omaha picked to finish third. They're currently in last. Jacks picked to finish fourth. Non-con didn't go so well. They're currently in seventh. UND picked to finish fifth. They are currently in fifth. Pios picked to finish sixth. They're currently in eighth. Tommy's picked to finish eighth. They're currently in fourth. So along with Kansas City, um, they definitely made made the highest jump thus far in, in proving the preseason poll wrong. And then lastly, ORU was picked to finish ninth, and they are currently tied for sixth. Um, oh, I guess I should know SDSU is tied for sixth, too. I keep saying seventh. That's my bad. Please don't come for me with your pitchforks. So basically, it already looks a lot different than we thought it was going to just based on the preseason poll, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. St. Thomas in fourth surprises me. Um, I hope that they can continue to kind of hold their own this season. This will be, I think, the third year in the league for them. Um, So they've kind of had some time to adjust. Western Illinois obviously left the conference, so they're not on the schedule anymore. Um, But other than that, there haven't really been a lot of changes in the past couple of years since St. Thomas has joined the league um, and moved up. So I I would like to see them kind of continue to toe the line a little and be a bit more successful than they have been in the past. When we talk about, like, what's going to happen when we get into league play, I don't really know. I mean, nobody knows. And we said that last year, too. Last year before the tournament, Joel and I were sitting here like – Oh, yeah, we think that, like, all these matches are going to go to five sets in the conference tournament. And it was, like, sweep, 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 sweep. Like, we have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. What I would expect, or I guess what I would like to see happen, I would like to see Kansas City wreak some havoc. Kansas City was good in the WAC, and they came over, and they had a good season here. A good season or two, I can't remember. Um got some big wins, beat Mizzou, and then kind of were not able to keep that going. We saw South Dakota get really good. I mean, they've been good, but better than they have been. We saw Denver get better than they have been, kind of fall off a little bit. There's been a lot of, like, movement. Um, We saw SDSU start to get really good. I think somebody, I think it was Troy in my DMs, our our favorite listener, trusty Troy G, um, mentioned that a lot of teams had a lot of roster turnover. Um, I think Kansas City had like, I should be more prepared than this. It's fine. It's my podcast. I can do whatever I dang well please even if it's checking my DMs. What did Troy say to me? Okay. Five Summit teams had significant roster losses due to graduations and transfers. Denver, 10 players. Kansas City, eight players. North Dakota and Oral Roberts, seven players. And South Dakota State, six. So where you're seeing that, keep in mind Denver and Oral Roberts also had coaching changes. Where you're seeing that impact, I think UND is doing okay. I think they're doing okay with what they got right now. Um, could be better, could be worse. 
I think you're really seeing that impact in Oral Roberts and you're really seeing that impact in SDSU. You're seeing it a little bit with Denver too. Kansas City is kind of the only school out of those five that doesn't really seem to be showing any signs of turnover. A lot of girls that were maybe number two or number three have now stepped up and are number one and they're killing it. No pun intended that time, actually. <laughs> I have to be careful with my volleyball puns. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I would, things that I would like to see, I would like to see Kansas City finish in the top three. I would like to see St. Thomas finish in the top half. And I would like to see SDSU make the Summit League tournament again. Those are my three three things that I would like to see um, this season. As mentioned, not really worried about USD, not really worried about NDSU. Um, Oral Roberts and DU will just have to see too many changes, including coaching changes, to really be able to predict or or put expectations um, on anything. I also would like to see Omaha turn it around a little bit, but I also am not too concerned about them. I think one and nine, when you played five or six power five opponents, I think that's very acceptable. Sure. There are a couple matches in there that they probably could have won, should have won. Um, even K-State, like I'm not saying they should have won, but they lost a couple of big leads um, when they were really dominating, they kind of let it's kind of that battle between did we let K-State back into the match or did K-State fight their way back in? I think it was more of Omaha letting them back into the match a little bit. Um, so just some things like that. But I don't I still think that one and nine is fair when you play the schedule that Omaha has played this season. Just like six and five is fair for USD when you've played the schedule that they played this season. Playing Mizzou and Louisville and who else did they play? Northern Kentucky. I don't think it was Western. I think it was Northern. Um, Iowa State. So, but I also think that's important. Now I'm just kind of ranting and babbling, but like, I think that it is important to play those big schools if we want to get to a two-bid league eventually, or even if we just want some respect on our name, which I know that anyone listening to this podcast wants respect on the Summit League's name. Otherwise, you literally would not be listening to this podcast because it's just me in my home office with my dog and my iPad, like spitting opinions about a mid-major league in the middle of the Midwest. Um, But that league deserves respect and that's why I'm here. So I don't really have, I don't really have a whole lot to say today. Um, what am I at? Up 16 minutes. That's way better than like the 40 that it took me last week, but there was so much to get through last week. So we are going to bring coach Christy Posey in here in a minute. And we're going to chat with her about Kansas city's non-conference and how everything's going down there. And then after that, I'll be back to preview the upcoming games for this weekend and then I will send ye on your merry way to go watch some Summit League Volleyball tonight. So stick around and we will be right back with Coach Christy Posey.
right, listeners, we are back with our second coach interview of the season. It is our fan favorite, Kansas City's Christy Posey. Coach, you still have the record for our most downloaded episode ever, as well as the most downloads on the first day. So congratulations for that. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's probably more about you guys than it was about me, but I appreciate the the thought. Well, we appreciate it as well. People love the ruse, and we're glad you're back. So let's just dive right in. First and foremost, I know that league play hasn't started yet, but your team is sitting atop the league standings, and that's a place that we have not seen the ruse in some time. So can you just talk to me about um, about your non-con and how you got here? Uh, sure. Uh, I, I think we, um, we've taken advantage of some opportunities um, in our schedule, uh, and played hard, played well, um, and just really worked hard to be connected and and be in a different space than we were last year, probably headspace. and uh, and and some new new uh, blood has gotten into our system um, via via new players. Just a, and then probably just the fact that we're we're hungry. We were uh, we didn't like how we finished last season. Um, it had been a while since we hadn't made the conference tournament. So we just recommitted to doing it differently this year. And uh, so uh, that was that was really kind of the impetus about just just being better and uh, in, in all ways and uh, having having a bit of a championship mentality versus um, just kind of see how it's going to go. Um, so I, I, I really do think our, our players have, um, have grown and learned and continued to do so um, and just taken advantage of the uh, opportunities to compete hard and put ourselves out there every, every single point. And, and we've been fortunate to get to be on the right side of, of, of a, a lot of matches um, d- due to their hard work and, and their commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of, of that, of the hard work and the commitment and the talent, Carly Gillen, Odyssey Warren, Blair Taylor, Sydney Henry, and Leah Green are all players that are either in the top three, if not leading, um, at least one category on the Summit League, you know, stat sheet. So talk a little bit about just the talent and the balance that you have, um, throughout your roster and your rotation that's allowed you to be so successful thus far. Well, I, I think we've been able to handle the ball pretty well so far, and so that allows our offense to 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 work, you know, be more high functioning than maybe in other other years. Um, and so Leah has has um, has really evolved, I think, as a high level defender. Uh, Blair's really come through um, from a from a service, you know, just just serving tougher and uh, and being locked in defensively. Um, you know, Carly has has had a good preseason and and continues to to want to be really really good and help us get to where we want to go. Um, and then Odyssey was just lights out last weekend. She was unbelievable. It was disappointing we couldn't get, you know, uh, to win our own home tournament. Um, but nothing short of uh, her efforts uh, offensively and and really from a from a six rotation standpoint, she was really really terrific. So we've had those kinds of performances throughout the preseason from a variety of players, 
Uh, those probably kid, those kiddos that you just mentioned have probably been the most consistent. Um, Sydney has really, um, really embraced the opportunity to be a leader uh, and 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 uh, trying to find her way as a young setter, both uh, with her skill set, but then also um, growing, evolving, learning how to lead with different types of personalities. And I've been pleased with her her progress. She's get we we all have a long way to go, Madison. There's a long there's there's a lot of season left, and um, every time we compete. I just want our players to continue to learn and grow and yeah, and put ourselves in a position to win the match. Obviously that's, that's the ultimate goal, but if we can continue to get better and better and better throughout the season and stay healthy as we all want, right. Then, then we can put ourselves in that conversation of getting to the conference tournament, you know, being in the final of the conference tournament and winning the damn thing. Sorry. Absolutely. No, that's that's okay. Um, I make the rules here and you can do whatever you want because you're Christy Posey. So um I do want to, you mentioned, you know, not quite being able to win your home your home tournament and putting yourself in a position to win matches. You know that I like to stay pretty positive, but I do want to bring up a topic that maybe stings a little um and talk about Southeast Missouri and St. Louis. In both of those matches, you had pretty um let me get my right question up here. In both those matches, you had a pretty dominant set. I think you were 25 to 16 in set one against Simo and 25 to 11 in set four against St. Louis. Do you think that those were winnable matches? Were there missed opportunities there? Um, and what would you kind of like to see out of your team in those situations? Do I think they were winnable? Yes. Uh, it, ultimately, in in every set or, or the, for the majority of the match, um, or even even at the end, statistically, we out hit both teams, we out blocked both teams, we out dug both teams. We just weren't as good in game five, and um, so you know, being consistent uh, all the way through and being tough at end game has has continued to be a theme, uh, and it, it will need to be because it, it, there's so much parity in the league. Everybody's really good, and so uh, it, it, you just have to be clean and error free uh, or or create pressure that's going to put other teams um, in, in difficult situations at, at the end of the games. So that that to me was, yes, we, we were disappointed uh, that we didn't uh, finish those two matches in the SEMO match. Uh, we, I think, won the first and then it was kind of back and forth. But the SLU match, we were down 0-2 and really uh, weren't in great position in game three, but just busted our tails to be in the match and extend it to then see what could happen. And then game four, the wheels came off on their side a little bit, and we were we were really, really good in that set, uh, but knew that they were going to come back in game five, and it was going to be like it was in the earlier three sets, and we just um, we just didn't didn't do a couple of things at the very end of the game. I was certainly um, flying off the couch during that one <laughs> or the bed, wherever I was. I think we were watching football and I literally made my husband mute the TV so that I could turn my iPad up uh, because I was just, and that was after, after you guys won set three, I was like, all right, we're going reverse sweep. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, definitely entertaining, entertaining matches to watch. 
Um, we're going back to our trusty listener, Troy G, who always has questions for us. Good. So he wants to know, how in the heck does Kimora Whetstone have success at, as a middle blocker at her height? And how has she overcome any adversity she might face? Because she's a tough kiddo. And uh, she she's always been in that position of kind of being the, the smallest blocker in the in the in the match. Um, sometimes in the conference. <laughs> um, and so she has just compensated with other skills. Um, I think she's really quick laterally. Um, she's disciplined from a blocking standpoint. Um, offensively, uh, I think she still has, has, she would be the first person to say she has some, some room to grow in terms of being um, just more versatile, what different shots she can hit. Um, and so we, we continue to work on that, but just, she's obviously quick and, and everybody knows that, um, in our league now, since they played her a year, but she just has a, a way of, uh, finding openings and, and being, um, kind of sneaky, sneaky good around some blockers. Um, and, and, and it's not easy, you know, we're going to see a, a, a giant team this tomorrow night against Omaha, um, who's obviously going to scout us really, really well and, and watched a lot of matches and seen Kimura have success and teams that have been able to manage her, watch those things. But um, Kimura just, is just an energizer bunny that just keeps coming at you. And, and if you don't pay attention, she's going to find ways to score. And she's, she's done that all preseason and, and much and, and last year. So we applaud her just fight and, and spirit and uh, just try to find new ways that uh, will allow her to continue to be successful in, in different ways than she has been so far. Absolutely. I was going to ask, you kind of answered, but last year um, you had said that you didn't think people were scouting her, but they probably would. So I was going to ask, do you think people are paying attention now to, yes. to Kamora Whetstone? Yes. Absolutely. She just is, she's a unique talent in that the ability off the ground and, and her quick arm gives her a bit of an edge over some, just a, just, it looks different. And yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is all of the serious questions I have for you. So we're going to move into the fun stuff. Okay. So my first one is in your tenure at Kansas city, what is the toughest volleyball environment that you think the ruse have in, whether that be due to, you know, fans or whatever, both in the conference and out of the conference. The toughest volleyball environment. Oh, I think, um, I think anytime we go, we've played KU at KU a number of times and, and that's such a great fan base. And I was fortunate to be there for 10 years and experience that. And, you know, my favorite time, Madison, at KU was when the band came because the band was awesome. And we used to have the decals at the end of, at the end line at um, at KU. This was pre they, they reshifted Horish where they play now. But when I was there, the Jayhawk was in the end line where people served. Right. And so one of my favorite sayings that the band used to scream at opposing players was get off the bird, get off the bird. <laughs> but um, so, so KU just because of their crowd and fans and they're really on top of you, that's a tough place to play. I feel 
more at home there just because I spent time right. here and I have a great appreciation for the fan base at KU. But I do think it's tough for players who have never been in that environment. Um, so that's that's probably one um, out of conference. And then, you know, I, I look at our, our league and, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of places. I mean, Baxter is, is difficult just because it's different. There's not a lot of arenas like Baxter. Um, and it always feels like it's about it's Arctic in there. You know, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask. It's about <laughs> sub zero. So there's a little bit of a tough uh, deal to uh, to kind of get get yourself warm. Um, obviously, at, at South Dakota, those fans are, are rabid and they love their their coyotes and they 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 do a good job of filling that place. So that's a, that's a tough place to play. Um, I think all league schools are just because they're fans. I, I think we have great fans in the Summit League, and and I appreciate them coming out and supporting their teams, even though it's against us. And uh, you know, sometimes it's fun. Some of the things that they say. It just, the the only issue I have is when it gets nasty or gets personal to players. That that's the problem that I have. But but most of the time, it's it's just rooting for their team or them saying something silly, you know, about about us. But if it, it as long as it doesn't get personal, then then I'm okay. But I think um, you know I, that's that's one of the great things about the sport that you. Young young players sometimes don't transition quite as quickly as they haven't played in those kinds of environments. And then what do you how do you manage that as you go into those, especially if it's a tight game and there's a lot on the line? Absolutely. Um, all right. Outside of your own roster, who is a Summit League volleyball player that you admire for their tenacity? <laughs> well, I, I, I just haven't watched a lot of Summit League volleyball yet this year. Um, so, I mean, Elizabeth Junkie was was a player that I have great respect for, and I'm saddened that, that things worked out the way they did. She will have great, still great influence on that team um, as she moves through her next phase. And uh, uh, But that's a kid who, who just brought it. And, and you never you never knew what she was going to do in terms of uh, – you knew she was going to hit the ball hard 98% of the time, but then mm -hmm. 2% she was going to move it around and not and just put it exactly where you weren't. So I, I have great respect for that kiddo and, um, you know, would, would like to see her finish her career uh, in, a, in a positive way, whatever that is now. So that's probably the kid just without seeing all of the rosters – so far this season, I'm sure there'll be players that I'll look at and go, wow, that's a kid that that, uh, you know, I, I respect simply for their work ethic and what they what they bring to their team. And not just from a skill set, but I have a great appreciation for kiddos that really lift their teammates and help help create um, even more, um, I guess, just elevate their play just simply because of their presence on the court. And I, yeah. so I, 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 that's, that's where my admiration goes for kiddos across the net. Absolutely. I just like to ask that question. Cause I think it's exciting to see from a non-scouting perspective, just like, mm -hmm. who do you like to watch? For me, it's Marissa Stockman. I just think she's, I'm obsessed with her. She's so, <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. Last question. So last year we asked you how you've changed as a coach over the years. <laughs> 
And this year, we want to know who has inspired those changes. Who is your coaching mentor or your inspiration? Oh, Madison, there's a lot of people uh, that have um, contributed to uh, lots of different areas of my of my coaching style and philosophy and um, have influenced me. Um, I, I, I take a lot of inspiration from people um, in different ways, uh, in different uh, genres. Um, you know, I, it, there are times where it's it's another coach, another, not even necessarily a volleyball coach. Uh, people from my past, I've had coaches in my past that have been, um, that I can still hear in my ear, um, you know, and uh, so I, I, I think there, there've just been so many different, I, there's a lot of people that I talk to when we're struggling or I just need a little bit of advice. One of those guys is Trent Jones, my former assistant coach, who's now the head coach at Rockhurst University. We have a we have a great relationship and he can we can vent about different things. And he's been here, so he understands. He knows the league. Um, you know, I have another guy that that I worked with at Kansas by the name of Ken Merzek. He's now the head coach at Emporia State. Um, he, he and I have, have, have a similar philosophy in a lot of different ways. And we bounce things off of each other. Um, my, I have a former, uh, uh, mentor in the high school ranks was Joni Wells, who was a unbelievable high school coach at Lawrence high where I did my student teaching. I know that's a, you know, 70 years ago, but, <laughs> but, uh, she still has, there, there are certain things that, that I remember and, and try to put into place. And then just, you know, I, 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 I try to read a lot. Um, I'm, I, uh, Hugh McCutcheon's book championship behaviors is something that I've really done a deep dive into and had a lot of, um, just good principles that have either reinforced some of the things that I've been doing or give me a little bit of a nuanced view that I can then bring to my team. Um, so I, I just think there's a lot of a lot of different people um, who have who I listen to and and see and watch and I I try to look at some of the things that I can do a little bit better. Absolutely, um, it certainly comes out in in the way that you articulate and just the way you talk about your team, and that's why I love having you on the show because I feel like. Um, you know, coaches come here and they have a good time and that's great, but you seem to always leave me with a life lesson. You and, and St. Thomas's Ruth Sin on the basketball side, you guys always leave me with a, with life lessons. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you for that, Madison. Absolutely. Um, all right. So that is all we have for today. So thank you for, um, for being here and I'll give you a little outro here. Um, you guys are headed up by 90 to play Omaha tomorrow tonight i guess this will come out on thursday tonight okay. tomorrow however you want to put it um at 7 p.m local time and then back at the sweeney center to host sdsu on saturday at one you can catch both of those on the summit league network through midcoast sports plus give us your best rue up coach i know that's how you like to leave the show rue up rue up, rue up. Rue up. <laughs>